Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind comments by celebs. And welcome back to another episode, hey Jewel. Hey kiddo. There is simply nothing going on in the world of entertainment, you guys. And let me just get that out there before we even begin. We're in our quarantine era right now, which is basically all TV and absolutely no news. I know, but last week with Love is Blind and My Unorthodox Life, I felt like we were so passionate about both of those things and it kind of was fine. But now we're just really in a lull. And we had such a solid few weeks. Do you remember when it was the ASAP and Rihanna paparazzi photos, the first break of JLo and Ben? I mean, there was a lot happening. Megan Fox was really performing. And now, you guys, it is desolate. I feel like an overwhelming sense of guilt when there aren't news stories to talk about. I know. We feel like it's our fault personally. Yeah. When meanwhile, it's celebrities who are not holding up their end of the bargain. At least it's not just us, though. I can sense that other people in the space are feeling the same way. Well, not skinny, but not fat posted a picture that was like from a TMZ article of Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and JLo walking on the beach. And she posted it with like a million exclamation points. And she posted that somebody replied to the story and was like, why is this significant? Like, I have to know. I, I'm not, I'm so confused why this is so important. And she was like, it's not. Like, it's just been a slow news week. I'm sorry. You're right. I shouldn't have exaggerated that. It's so relatable. <laughs> like, we may have had to make that a news story. <laughs> okay. Shall we begin? With what? (laughs) I don't know. We're going to figure this one out as we go. Yes? Okay. I can't wait. So we had originally decided to watch Cooking with Paris, honestly, solely for the Kim episode. We figured we would talk about it and it was something to put in the Kardashian recap. And then I think what happened was we both separately on our own time just fucking loved the show and wanted to watch every single episode. And then we were getting so many messages about people that also were watching and wanted us to talk about it. I think we would have watched regardless. Like, first of all, obviously, Kim, we were going to watch. I think there was an element of our fascination with Paris that would have led us to probably watch most of the episodes or a couple of other ones besides the Kim one. But 
that show fucking drew me in. They did it in a way that was so perfectly on brand where they took maybe the most simple concept in the entire world, which is just Paris Hilton cooking, and made it into a goddamn production. They did. And also it was such an easy to watch episode. It's 30 minutes, so simple. And it kind of had the best way I can describe it. It's like mukbang energy of you feel like you are in the kitchen with them. Every element of it was so enjoyable from like the ASMR of her walking through a different grocery store in the beginning of every episode to her like (laughs) having to debate how many thousands of dollars she should be spending on truffles to then going to her house and it being set up like it's a fucking Mindy Weiss party every single time for just one sit down meal with one other person. It, I mean, it, it was the perfect show, dare I say. I'm so glad that we watched this after having watched the documentary because you got such a good sense of her in that. And yes, clearly she is very open about the fact that she puts on a certain persona. However, there are certain elements that were shown here that are so true to who she is, meaning that level of chaos exists in every aspect of her life. So it's not just in the kitchen. You know that that's what her closet is like. That's how she is when she travels. That level of extravagance and genuinely just appreciating bedazzled things and colorful things. That's her. That is how she chooses to live. And so it just made its way into the show, but it never felt forced. I feel like, and especially after watching this, she is such a goddamn like enigma. I cannot believe she's a real person. What's so great about it is she's so aware of that. You know, she doesn't consider herself normal, not in a way that it comes across as entitled or narcissistic it's almost actually less annoying because she acknowledges it (laughs) you know no person who also has that level of wealth is like paris she's her own person she's her own entity like there are so many people with wealth not everyone has every single kitchen item bedazzled with jewels you know what i mean Yes, because she commits to the role because that is genuinely the way that she wants to live her life. And yes, some of it is performative, but some of it is, I think, so much of, and we saw this a lot in the documentary, the fact that she really, even at 40 years old, wants to be so connected to her childhood. And there's a very youthful, almost whimsical, you know, unicorn-loving kind of magical side to herself that she really wants to make sure is hyper-present in so much of her life. And you see that come out. And it's kind of like, on one hand, she's this badass businesswoman who does things that your average person can't relate to. And at the same time, she's really just a kid at heart. Yeah, very much so. I think her dynamic with Kim is fascinating. Yes, for so many reasons. And I think one of them is that they are both so aware of how hilarious their dynamic is. And it's so clear that Kim is kind of like the rational one, almost as if she's babysitting Paris. And so there's that. Kim is definitely the one that makes sure things run smoothly. However, we know that if you take a step back, contextually, Kim credits Paris in so many ways to helping her rise to fame. And so on one hand, Paris is the OG that Kim respects so much and will always look up to her, not only from a fame level, but also in terms of a businesswoman. And then at the same time, Kim is almost like the parent. Yes. And that's such an interesting point that it was exactly like nails it because there's this interesting dynamic there where I think when Kim got really famous, especially after they reconciled, like, of course they had their issues and and they became friends again, which I think is incredible. I think it is incredible for the culture that Paris and Kim are friends again. I would just like to echo that. Yes. (laughs) But what I think is also 
so fascinating is there was this assumption that when they became friends again with the position that Kim was in versus the position that Paris was in, that there was this dynamic switch where like Kim then became the one that was on top and Paris was looking up to her. When I watch their dynamic and them talking about the past, that's not really what it is. Like Kim always thinks of Paris as the OG, but you can kind of see that when Kim was Paris's assistant, she always had that role of just keeping everything together for Paris. Like she was the person that organized everything. And I think Kim said this in an episode where she was like, Paris was always the one that had these outlandish ideas and I always had to reel her back in. So what's interesting is I think you always thought the dynamic switch or like the power switch, but it's not that Kim has always had this role of just keeping Paris in check and keeping Paris not down to earth, but like almost like a babysitter, like you were saying. And you see that come through so much in the way they act now. Yes, it's it's overwhelmingly so actually. And I think because obviously we know, you know, Kim got her start as a closet organizer, which clearly was a job that she did and that was her source of income. But not everybody has that skill set. You have to have that skill set. So now, yes, of course, Kim has her own assistants and her own organizers. However, she still has that within her. Whereas that is not where, you know, Paris's strengths lie at all. And so that fundamental difference in like what they're good at is is just so there and so glaring. And I'm sure that there are aspects of Paris that, you know, Kim wishes to mirror or have a little bit more of. I think that there are certain aspects of Paris's personality that maybe you know, breed so much spontaneity and maybe are a little bit more wild. And Kim likes that wild side to be brought out by her. But the combination of the two of them is pretty addicting to watch, I would say. I could not agree more. I really want them to do a Nicole Richie episode. I'm shocked that they didn't, except I'm hopeful for a season two. And what a better first guest for a season two. That would be absolutely incredible. If you're only going to watch a few, I would say watch the Kim episode, the Sweetie episode, and then the one with Kathy and Nikki Hilton. Because, you know, listen, if you're a Bravo watcher, you have been experiencing the magic of Kathy Hilton for this entire season via Real Houses of Beverly Hills, and you almost can't get enough. And then to see her in this setting and to see she is so the exact same, one was really fun and really kind of validating. But then talk about an interesting dynamic because- Nikki and Paris are so different. And even though Paris is technically the older sister, Nikki has a lot of Kim energy of kind of keeping things rational and almost a little bit more methodical than Paris does. And so the combination of the three of them was really, I I couldn't get enough of it. I'm actually so happy that we're able to talk about this because I feel really deprived from being able to talk about Kathy Helen because it's so Bravo centric and I am fucking obsessed with her and I want to never stop talking about her, but I never get the opportunity to. Yeah. I'm honestly, I said to Isabel, I was like, I'm really glad that Julie is watching this because you're experiencing what we've been experiencing. However, she's a little bit more in her comfort zone because obviously it's her daughter and her other daughter and it's at one of, you know, it's at their, her house. So it's different, but it's, she's the exact same all across the board. I really, my obsession with Kathy Hillen, and it's funny because I still don't watch Housewives. Like I still have not caught up on Bravo, but the way TikTok does it is so perfect for me because it's almost like a Kathy Hilton's greatest hits clip. We're like, mm-hmm. I get to go onto TikTok after every episode of Beverly Hills, and all it does is show me all of the Kathy Hilton moments, which is all I want to see. Right. And didn't you feel that energy from this one episode as well? Yes, absolutely. And if I had to assume based on like the family dynamic, and I obviously don't know their brother and their dad well enough, 
But if I had to guess based on the dynamic, I would guess that Nikki is a lot like their dad and Paris and her mom are a lot like. And that's why there's that kind of older sibling but younger sibling dynamic between Paris and Nikki. Because I think like when I saw Kathy Hilton for the first time, everything about Paris made sense to me. Exactly. You know, a word that I would use to describe both of them is whimsical, which is not a word that you typically would describe somebody in their position, but they both have this real whimsical sense to them, I feel, and also very youthful and clearly appreciate humor and comedy. And they're all kind of have their head in the clouds, yet also are so grounded and know exactly what they're talking about. But there's this almost light airiness about Paris and Kathy that is overwhelming. And Nikki comes in as Yes, the voice of reason, but not in an annoying way, in a way that really just works for them. It's a it's perfection of a dynamic. I could watch Kathy Hilton go to Paris's fridge and eat caviar like I go to the fridge and grab grapes every single second for the rest of my life. <laughs> I know. And I also feel like, I don't know, I want to explore more the Nikki Paris thing because I remember even in the documentary, I think there was a scene when Paris was late and Nikki was kind of frustrated with her. And you saw a little bit of that here where I guess Nikki wanted them to do the onion rings in a certain way. And obviously Paris and Kathy both didn't listen and they had to then redo it. But that was such a small little anecdote that I feel is representative of probably so many things that happen in their lives on a daily basis. Well, that's interesting because that's what Nikki spoke about in the documentary where she was saying, you know, when Paris would go out, when they, especially when they were living in the city and Paris would be clubbing till three, four o'clock in the morning and Paris would be out, you know, doing all of these crazy things that were being captured by the media and giving her this bad rep or whatever rep it was that she had at the time. Nikki was the one that was like sitting up waiting for her. Nikki was the one that was covering for her. So Nikki took on that role from a very young age. Yeah. And I have to wonder if there's any part of her probably not now, but at the time, if she felt at all resentful kind of, or if that's just so ingrained in her personality of being kind of like the mom of the group, which some people just have, you know, some people have to be that way because they're forced to based on the circumstances. And then other people just have that in them. And I think with Nikki, it seems like everything that I've ever heard her be described as is that's just such a huge part of her personality. And of course it came out more because she had to be with Paris. I think it's probably a combination of both of those things. I think she's potentially resentful at times. Like if there was ever a moment where a Paris put her through the stress of having to wait up for her, the stress of worrying about her, that's obviously something that she could potentially be resentful about because it's not a position she wanted to be put in. But I also think that that place that she has in Paris's life as her protector, even though she's the younger sibling, is probably something that she like very much enjoys having and really like feels comfortable in that role. Yeah, I think so too. I also loved when they were talking about Carter, obviously Paris's fiance, and it was a very casual conversation. It wasn't staged. It was, you know, Kathy just talking about it and as they talk about it, but you can see that Paris has a real excitement about this that is beautiful to see because I think something we talk about a lot is she has been madly in love or seemingly multiple times. And she has definitely proclaimed that love publicly. And so to not be jaded by that and to still jump in full force and to be so excited and to be so happy and so not even that, but so willing to express it. That is what I love. No matter how many times she's felt she's gotten burned, it never kind of dimmed her shine or dimmed her excitement. And that's something I really appreciate in a person, specifically a celebrity. 
Yeah, definitely. And she said that her and Carter had never spent a night apart. Which then she compared so much to Kathy and Rick's relationship. You know, they were 15 when they met, 19 when they got married. Obviously, Paris is getting married 21 years later than Kathy did, but she still sees so many similarities in their relationship where they didn't directly say it, but you could tell from Nikki's response that that is not her relationship. And so to watch them talk about it, it was, it's something special. I don't know. There's something about the Hilton family that I have appreciated more this year than I ever have previously. I so agree. Well, there's this been this resurgence of Paris, which I think is really the key factor. And it's not that Paris ever, ever went away. She was always very omnipresent in our lives. But I don't think that the way she was present was necessarily in a way where we were paying attention to her. It was just for a long time in between, like maybe after Simple Life, there was a period of time where Paris was almost like background noise where she was there. You saw the things she was doing. She was DJing. She had a bunch of business ventures, but you weren't paying attention to specifically her. Whereas now in the past year or two, it's like she herself as the person she is, is so present in our lives. And I'm so appreciative of how present she's been. Yes. And I don't think that the documentary can be ignored because it was a more of a raw take on her personality and her life than I one we ever had absolutely but also and i think she ever thought that she was going to put out you know she created like like she said that persona as a defense mechanism it was kind of like her armor and so when she put that down and really let you in to the deepest parts of her life and then she saw the response which was that people were receptive people were accepting it only made people love her more then she's probably more willing to put more of her life out there because there's that layer of safety that has been established I think also not to give Kim credit for this because I don't think it necessarily is the case. But for me personally, when I started to notice the resurgence of the friendship between Kim and Paris, that's when I was really like full on board with Paris because once I saw her with Kim and I think it was at the Christmas party, I was like instantly reminded of what it is about Paris that we're so addicted to. And so then from then on, once they were hanging out more and they were posting each other more, I was like so fascinated by every single thing that Paris was doing and had to follow it. And so for me, Kim was kind of the gateway back into that. Yeah. I think honestly for me as well, I'm sure for a lot of people that was not the case and the two can exist at the same time. You know, you can recognize that Kim was maybe a catalyst without without giving her credit because obviously the credit goes to Paris herself, but you're right. For me, that was definitely there. And I think the two of them together are a really powerful combination because they're so respected in the business world, yet also such fascinating personalities. They balance each other out so well. And, you know, I think something for me that I noticed a lot, just to kind of focus on Kim for a second, is that so much of what she does and the way she lives her life, even though she's always been relatively level-headed, and I think among the siblings, you know, people say that she's the most rational one and she's the one that you go to when you need kind of a reality check. However, to the outside world, she's a ridiculous human being. The way that she lives her life is ridiculous, clearly. It's so extravagant. It's unbelievable. I mean, even as her Insta stories are so playfully mocked constantly because of that. And so for a moment, when you put her in comparison to Paris and all of a sudden Kim is almost the muted personality and Kim seems so rational because every appliance in her house isn't bedazzled. And so suddenly this minimalistic monastery is actually way more muted and way more the norm. You're kind of thrown off for a second, but in the best way possible. You're a hundred thousand percent correct. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I could talk about this forever. Definitely worth watching. This is not sponsored, although 
I really want to talk to Netflix because if they do another season, we should do something with it because I really enjoyed every second. Yeah, so agree. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. So I'm sure you all saw by now how Jennifer Aniston is on the September cover of InStyle. And the interview is titled, Jennifer Aniston Knows What She Wants, subtext, With one of Hollywood's most celebrated careers, our September cover star could rest on her laurels. But after a year of looking back, she's ambitious for a clearer, happier future. And the interview was done by Laura Brown, who obviously is the editor-in-chief of InStyle, but also her and Jennifer have developed this relationship over the years. So there was definitely, I think, a sense of comfort that you could tell from reading it. But before anybody read a word, clearly this went viral because of the similarities between her and a few of Harry Styles' looks, which... If for some reason you didn't see, we'll put that in the description. But that was a great pop culture moment to witness, I will just say. I couldn't agree more. You know what's funny? Mm. I was just thinking, I was like, wow, if Harry wasn't with Olivia Wilde, Jennifer Aniston would so be his type. Could you imagine? Now I can, yeah. That just sent a fucking chill up my spine. Wait, fuck. I'm obsessed with that idea right now. Wait, that is so hot. I know we have to move on because I'm like, I really love Olivia Wilde and I, and I don't want to do this to her, but now I cannot stop thinking about the two of them together. I mean, clearly Jennifer would be his type, but that wouldn't be her type, right? No. Listen, is is Harry style not everyone's type? Yeah, I guess. Wow. Oh my God. I, my mind is like racing. (laughs) Wait. I don't know what other people are going to think because I'm not, I hope people know we're not proposing that as an actual couple, but fuck, that is so sexy. I, I know. Yeah. Wow. I, you know what I'm envisioning? Can I just give you one quick scenario? I would love you to. Like not even the yacht pictures with him and Olivia. I'm not even going to go that far. Just like a very casual shot of them getting into a car together after a relatively low key dinner in LA, not even at like a Craig's. I'm talking about a restaurant more like Laurel Canyon vibes. That's what I want to see, I think. I so agree. What I'm picturing with them is them just walking, like literally just walking in very similar outfits. Mm-hmm. Hot, hot. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, the this is a, a good interview, definitely worth reading. One line that we just wanted to touch on because it's similar to something we were talking about last week. They were talking about the red carpet and Laura says to her, how did you figure out your best red carpet pose? And she goes, it depends on your stylist because they go, never do this, always do this. I'm like, well, that feels weird. I don't know how to stand on a red carpet, but you do the best you can. I also try to connect with those people holding cameras. Some of them I've known a long time, so I'll say hello. If I'm having an honest interaction with someone, it makes it easier. You know who I think masters the red carpet? Laura says who? Jen goes, J-Lo. I want to know what gives her the look like she's about to be seething. It's amazing. She's almost stuck getting mad at somebody, but she's just so gorgeous. She's like, I can't believe I'm standing here, but I don't think she's trying. She fell out of bed that way. She's a performer. And the reason that I just wanted to read that, obviously J-Lo has been so present in our discussions recently, is because remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about her and Ben, and we were saying that if Jen Aniston and Brad Pitt got back together, which would probably be the most highlighted, covered, talked about rekindling ever. They would never do it in the way of being as performative as JLo and Ben, just because the way that Jennifer and JLo operate are so different. And I think I use the words like JLo is more of a performer and that's not Jen. And so for to hear her say it, I know she was talking about it in a different context. I just found so interesting. It was really interesting specifically because that is something that we know about JLo. Like from our point of view, when we look at JLo, we can objectively say every single thing she does is just performative in a great way. She is a born natural performer. So everything she does, she's putting on a show in the best possible way. And that's not to say that the things that JLo does aren't authentic. It's just that there's, that's how she knows how to be. She knows how to put on a show for us and we eat it up. And it's always interesting to me to hear other celebrities comment on the certain star power, certain factors that other celebrities have, because it's almost like they're talking about them the exact same way we do. Whereas like, I don't feel like Jennifer Aniston is talking about one of her friends or like a fellow colleague in the world of celebrity. It's like, she's admiring this factor that JLo has in the exact same way the public does. Yes. And that's how I feel. And I want to even take that a step further because sometimes this can be done in a way that comes across as very inauthentic, meaning I'm not going to give specific examples because I don't have one off the top of my head, but I'm sure as I talk about it, we could think of one where celebrities will do this thing when they almost try to fangirl over another star and it just comes across as so fake. And this was a situation where she wasn't necessarily fangirling. However, she wasn't saying she's more famous. She wasn't making herself be less of a star. She was just acknowledging something that's very real. JLo is more of a performer and she puts on an energy that I don't. She is just saying she has this certain way about her that clearly the rest of the world has picked up on. And that's why I liked it because it was such an objective fact. It didn't come across like she was trying to be overly humble, you know? Exactly. Yes. I so agree. The other thing that I wanted to mention was Laura asked her about joining TikTok and she said, you know, would you ever? And she responded never. But I also said that about Instagram, which I, then my mind started to go of if she ever did join TikTok, how that would be received and kind of what she would put out. But it, it just, I feel like something you and I talk about a lot on the podcast, but also off is just celebrities on TikTok and specifically A-listers and the way that they're received, how they kind of maneuver that. And so my mind was definitely going when I read that. It's always an interesting conversation to have about celebrities on TikTok, because I think especially when you compare it to Instagram, the reason a lot of celebrities, specifically Jennifer Aniston, I think were hesitant to join Instagram was like the optics of it. Like, oh, I'm above this. I don't need Instagram or social media. I don't have to be on that. 
with TikTok, it's not just like, oh, it's the optics. I don't need that. I don't have to be on it. It's like, if you're going to be on it, it's not just posting a photo. Like there's a certain amount of work that has to go into it. And obviously like you'll hire social media teams and people will do that, but there's still a certain amount of work that you yourself have to do in order to capture content to be put on that app. So it's so much different than just like, oh, I did this photo shoot. I'll just share it with Instagram. And even if I don't really love the idea of social media and being on it, like I can do a certain amount of just sharing what I'm already doing. Whereas with TikTok, it's really interesting to see celebrities move to the space because I think it's something that they want to take advantage of because that is the hot thing at the moment. And if you are on TikTok and you're a celebrity and you do it well, that is so advantageous for you. But at the same time, you can't just join it the way you join Instagram and use it the way you use Instagram. No, you can't. And if you actually wanted to pinpoint the celebrities that have had a pretty warm reception because they've used it so well, you think of you know, Lizzo, you think of Charlie Puth, even Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls, Jason Derulo, you know, they've been able to make their way in, in a way that works and makes sense. But I think that I don't want to say the stakes are too high because if you're poorly received, you're poorly received and it's not a big deal, but there's definitely something to be said for if you know, you are not going to want to put the work in. And by put the work in, I mean, take the time to like, do the trends and understand the trends and do it in a way that makes sense and doesn't feel so try hard, it's probably better to just not do it at all. Whereas you can't really ruin your image that much with an Instagram presence because the worst thing somebody's going to say is, oh yeah, their team just fully runs it for them. Right. That's exactly correct. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. This happened last week, but of course we wanted to mention it, as I'm sure you all saw. Rihanna is now a billionaire. She is apparently worth $1.7 billion. Forbes reported that last week, making her the richest female musician in the world and the wealthiest female entertainer besides Oprah. And the way they broke it down is that Fenty Beauty, which she co-owns with LVMH, generated more than $550 million in revenue in 2020. And then Savage X Fenty, which is the lingerie line that she's a 30% stake in, raised money at a $1 billion valuation in February of this year. So, you know, it's just crazy because obviously it's so deserved and it's phenomenal. And I think everybody wants to celebrate her success and we could list all of the qualities about her. But the pivot from musician entertainer to then businesswoman for a retail product that is so in the eyes of everyone. It's not like she's made so much of her money from behind the scenes investments and the fact that she first put out a product that obviously people responded to so well in the form of her art. And then the same thing in the form of retail items. 
It's not something that can always be replicated. And the fact that she happened to do it so excellently is something that I think really deserves praise. A hundred percent. It feels right living in a world where Rihanna's a billionaire. Yes, it does. That it does. I know we have this in because we wanted to quickly talk about Courtney's cameo, but I would just like to start off by saying I recognize how kind of cheesy this movie looks. I will be watching He's All That the second it comes out because I love this shit. Same. I'm obviously so excited. You know what's interesting is I have to be honest in saying, and I didn't expect to get this response, a lot of people who saw the trailer A and also a couple of people I know that have actually seen the movie before its release have said that like while it is unbelievably cheesy and so classic Netflix in that kind of like rom-com teen cheesy way, they actually felt like Addison's acting in it was above what they expected it to be and above what the movie actually is. I'm excited to see that. You know, I think in general, you and I both do root for her and, and feel that the way she's taken her initial TikTok fame and just put it into all these different areas is exciting and great. But I, I felt like what was happening in the very short clip that I saw just in the trailer is that she's kind of in disbelief that this is all happening for her. And you pick that up a little in a way that I actually find to be very kind of endearing. So I'm excited to watch it. I am. I would be lying if I said I wasn't. No. I mean, listen, I really like Addison. I think there's just something about her. And we've always said this since like the very beginning, she just has this quality. And so when I watch her do things like this, all I want for her is to have like as much success as she could have. I I do as well. I, I wanted to ask you, because we didn't even talk about this ourselves, but I realized this is in the Kardashian recap because of Courtney, not much to say about her cameo other than hilarious, like just funny. But Addison, I guess, is confirmed now dating this guy, Omer Fetty, which if you guys don't know who he is, he's 21 years old. He's an Israeli guitarist, songwriter, and producer. He's from Tel Aviv. Just looks-wise, he has this bright red hair. He's kind of hard to miss. Definitely, you've seen him hanging out with Travis and Courtney, and I think at those things when Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox have also been there, he's in that kind of scene. But there was a photo posted from a fan account of Addison, and he commented, I'm in love with you. And a fan account posted that, and Sherry, her mom, commented, he's truly a wonderful, amazing person, and he makes her soul shine. Love him. So there was speculation back and forth, but I guess it's official. High praise from Sherry Nicole. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Yeah, she seems to be unbelievably supportive of whoever Addison kind of is with because to go from Bryce to this guy, they seem like kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, definitely. I mean, this guy has a lot of success under his belt. Like if you look him up and you read his 
bio, the things that he's done in terms of music and the music world. Obviously, he's not like a super well-known name because he's not the front runner of the songs that he is featured on or that he's helped produce or that he works on. But the things that he has done are just like unbelievably big names. So in terms of career, I think the two of them together make a lot of sense. I don't know anything else about him, so I can't comment on it. It's interesting also, this relationship, because I think up until like a couple of weeks ago, we still thought that she was maybe with Jack Harlow. Yeah, I have to imagine that, and I don't know specifically with this, I mean, I'm sure we'll get it in an interview or something, but it can't be lost on us, the Travis Barker connection with all of this, because obviously Courtney has a big influence over Addison. And I think that the crowd that they kind of surround themselves with is something that she's been integrated in. So I would not be even remotely surprised if she started hanging out with this guy because they were in the studio a lot together. Like it it just wouldn't be surprising to me if her general direction of dating continued to be this type of guy in the music industry that is a little bit similar to Travis. Again, I could see her totally switching gears and going for an NBA player, but it makes a lot of sense given the Courtney connection. And to me, it can't be ignored or not discussed. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It can't be ignored because it's probably the main factor there. I mean, he's very involved with Travis, which by the way, is so funny because when was the last time you watched somebody put out music where Travis Barker wasn't somewhere lurking around the corner? I'm telling you, I said this, I think last week or two weeks ago, what has been going on with him and TikTok, I think is so brilliant. He got it. He just recognized that this was like, I don't want to say the wave of the future, but there's really something to be said for being so involved with these kids and the level of fan base that they have. And obviously to them, you know, he's an absolute God in his field. And so this whole integration that he has had in the world of aspiring TikTok musicians is really something that I could very much deep dive on. He's like the dad of the music industry. And it's not just aspiring TikToks. Like I saw it tiny desk that he was featured on he's been with willow smith who's not specifically tiktok although that one song that she had which is excellent went very viral like i think that he has this position right now in the music industry where if you're starting out or you are in need of something he kind of puts himself there in such a great way like a lot of it is those young tiktok artists like he has really done something and been able to capitalize that on a, in a way that doesn't seem like he's just looking for opportunities. It, like, it seems very guidance-based. And it's so interesting to watch him just constantly pop up in these spaces where you don't expect him to be. And then all of a sudden he's there. I know. And I can't stress this point enough. I think that Courtney absolutely loves this in the sense that she, like no part of her needs Travis and no part of him needs her in terms of their level of fame or relevance, clearly, right? They have it on their own and in their own individual things. They have their space and they have their fan bases and that's fine. However, I think there's something so unbelievably attractive to Courtney that she's dating like the it guy right now. And of course, counter argument to that is, well, is he more of the it guy because he's dating her? Yes, their relationship in itself has caused a whole media storm, but specifically just within the music industry, I think for her that is so attractive. I think so too. I totally think so. Travis Barker gives me the exact vibe of like the parent that tells you no matter what, no matter what time of the night it is, call him and he'll come pick you up from a party. 
Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because his energy or if that's because we've also gotten to know his kids a little via social media. And it seems very much like that exact conversation happened. That's exactly the vibe I get from it. And I also think that's so attractive to Courtney, especially as a parent with younger kids to watch somebody be a parent to older kids and watch the way that he's parented his kids from the time that they were little because they grew up together and they were in the same neighborhood together. I think that is one of the most attractive qualities about him to her. I think so too. But talking about their relationship from that perspective and not just the one we normally discuss it from, which is like the hyper sexually charged one where they can't keep their hands off of each other, which to be clear, I love talking about that too. But the other side of it is probably more interesting. I know what I wanted to mention. Did you see that Courtney posted an Insta story of, it was like a push article and it was like how to make the first move. And it was, it was her and Travis, the picture, which I'm so interested if that was because sometimes she'll put up a push article and it had absolutely nothing to do with like the backstory of the picture. But I'm so interested if that article was like specifically related to her making the first move with Travis. Or him making the first move with her because either way, it would make sense given the fact that they were such close friends. It was kind of like, how do you get out of the friend zone in a way that one, you're not offending the other person or you're not making something uncomfortable and how do you feel comfortable going in to even do it? I mean, you know, that's my biggest question. I promise you we will get it. I don't know if, you know, to say that we will get it from us interviewing her feels a little bold, but I, yesterday was a huge day for manifestations, especially if you were a Leo Aquarius, I think, or Taurus, but in general, big thing that we can talk about. And I did some podcast manifestations on that one, but on top of that, in general, we will get it from whatever source. Okay. By the way, I asked you to manifest stories for today and it didn't work. So it was never going to be such a quick turnaround, Julie. Well, that's not, mm, I don't know. Just the one other thing that I want to mention, even though to me, this is a complete dead end. There's no legitimacy here. I just wanted to say it out loud. We saw the kids and Kim at the second Donda listening party recently. And, you know, she's in the full Balenciaga look, which is coordinated with his look. And I think the overwhelming majority of people were like us, which is saying, you know, she will support Kanye and his music forever. That's an eternal thing. There was a very small population of people that said, oh my God, this means that they're back. I just want to go on record and saying like, there's not even 0.5% of me that feels that way. And I just don't think that we should ever conflate her support to him and, you know, kind of like their seeming synchronicity with any sort of romantic reinvigoration. I so agree. A lot of great SAT words there. Um, (laughs) The one thing that I will say, and I agree with you, I do not think they're back together at all. But I do think that people who have that line of thought of them maybe getting back together, them maybe being back together, I think it's different because it's one thing to show up and support and be there and be there for both concerts. To be there and be in coordinating matching outfits as a way of showing up and like a very coordinated familial look is a very different thing. So I can understand people thinking that her matching with him and her taking on that vibe is something that they would be doing together and therefore could potentially for people viewing it that way, be a sign of them getting back together. I think it's very different than her just showing up and attending to support. Yes, totally. Except for that her showing up in this way to me wasn't even remotely surprising because I think that's that's like their whole MO, especially with him. There's nothing he would want more than his family to come and show like a tangible sign of solidarity. No, I completely agree. I'm just saying like if other people felt that way, I don't think it's the craziest thing for them to have taken that away from this. No, no, no. Same. 
anything else you would like to mention? I think that's it, kiddo. We say this all the time, probably on the podcast, but also we talk about it so much off. Whereas I just don't understand if you have a podcast that exists on talking about external factors that have nothing to do with you, like we have no control over the amount of stories week to week, how you cannot do it with someone that you genuinely are such close friends with or like love, enjoy their company. Because realistically, there weren't that many topics, but you and I could just talk about anything forever. Whereas like, if we only were colleagues, what would we do? I simply don't know. Like, I just don't know. I obviously have absolutely not a single idea in the world. (laughs) Before we even started, we just had, like, before we even moved into our recording rooms, I just, like, had the computer in my bed and we were just, like, catching up. (laughs) I love when we catch up even though we spend every second of every day talking. (laughs) It's my favorite part of the day. I know, kiddo, me too. Okay, guys, we love you so much. We'll see you later this week for Kardashians. Isabel and I will see you for Bravo, which I hope is going to be another bomb episode because this Beverly Hills is just bringing it. Julie, I want you to watch so badly. I know I have to. It's so good. And I think that's it. We love you guys so much. Don't forget to check the description for links and codes. And thank you. We are so grateful. This season on Naughty Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take Yada Yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join. Same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices.